0: You are listening to the Salty Witches podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and of course we have.
1: I was waiting for you to say my name. I prefer to be introduced. And of course we have the illustrious Mike. Illustrious. Oh God, I should have done it myself. That's how you. Hey everyone. Me. No, you are. I would. I don't think I've ever used the term illustrious insidious maybe anyway tonight we are going to be um again addressing some of the uh or a question and we are going to be talking on a subject um and these were both suggestions um or or the topic rather i should say was a suggestion by another one of our listeners yeah, okay, so two listeners who've contacted us for for slightly different reasons, um, and thank you so much for for contacting us yes, and we for love it. listening and supporting the podcast. Our our qu- uh, question actually is um, someone who's been listening for over a year now, which is really, I think we've only really been doing the podcast for about a year. So yeah, um, we
0: started year two a few on
1: February, I do believe. I have no head for time, as you as you well know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so our question comes from L okay and there's a bit of a story here okay and i'm going to paraphrase just a bit okay but i'm going to try to get get all the 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 big stuff in here okay so they contacted us basically inquiring on what to do or what maybe how we would approach a situation like this okay Okay. so um so they, they they start by saying basically that their partner they and their partner went to go pick apples in an orchard while they were in the orchard, they um, felt uh, kind of like a sense of illness okay. come upon them, particularly when they moved into one area of the orchard, right? Um, and in the process, and this is someone who's, who's in touch with their own intuition, um, in the process mm-hmm. of kind of figuring out, okay, why am I feeling this way? They connected to, it sounds like, some spiritual intelligences in the area that um, after going back later and doing a little bit of research, right? Mm -hmm. Which we always recommend, you know, if you're gonna get these kinds of senses, these kinds of intuitions, it's always a good idea to do what you can after to kind of, you know, confirm those details, right? Otherwise, you do really basically risk just kind of running off of UPG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but through doing a little bit of research, they were able to determine that this land, the land that this orchard uh, today is on, um, was at one, uh, one point in years past, was land that was farmed by slaves, okay that there were slave owners uh that own this land and i believe based on the information that they shared um <clears throat> that the family that was responsible for owning those slaves all those years ago um that it is the descendants of those slave owners that still own the land today okay and that in i think they even say that in, they contacted the the people who own the land currently and asked them you know like you know what what's the deal with the history around your family and, you know, and the slave owning and all this. And um, and from what they were saying, the response they got from the the current owners of the property basically is like they, they don't, they would choose to ignore that. They do not want to go digging all of that up, I'm sure, because it's horribly embarrassing and they feel shame. I would hope they would feel a sense of shame around that. Um, not that we can necessarily be responsible for what our ancestors did, right? Mm. But, um, but I think it's good if you know that you're, you know, if you're you're operating a, a tourist attraction kind of a situation, which is what this sounds like, you know, an apple orchard where people are free to come and pick apples, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's good that you be honest about maybe the history of that land, yeah. right? Um, they also go on to say that they're, um, through communication and through other kinds of intuition, that they um, sense that one of the reasons that some of the spirits on this land are so unhappy is that people are, are basically just coming to the land you know, as the season passes, right, and they're just taking, taking, taking all the time. People are going, they're harvesting apples, they're taking, taking, taking from this orchard, and it doesn't really seem that there's any effort really made to give back mm-hmm. to the land. Um, and so you've got a lot going on here. You've got this uh, history of human abuse and violence, and uh, we, all, we all know what happened with, you know, with slaves and and, and and people who kept slaves, right? We all know that. But so we've got that piece, Right and what seem to be the remnants these of human souls, there on the property, right that are, um, either like intelligent kinds of haunting phenomena, right. We're talking intelligent souls, right. Or this could maybe be something more within the realm of say of like a like a memory, like an energetic memory, kind of a trace. Of all of the trauma on the land. Right. So there's that piece. Yeah. Um, but even today, from the sound of it, there are issues with the genus loci, with the land spirits really kind of feeling unhappy with the way that the land is kind of just continuing to be kind of exploited in a sense. Yeah. Right. Um So, you know, with all of that being said, um, they're basically they're kind of curious to hear what we would do or how we would maybe handle a situation like this. Um in reading this, the the first thing I wanted to say is that it would be good, I think, to um, – obviously, you, you have to handle these pieces differently. Yeah. Right? And the, the tricky thing with a situation like this is that it gets difficult or it is difficult for you as someone who does not have any energetic uh, – claim i guess that's not the word i want to use but as someone who doesn't really have any strong energetic connection with that property mm-hmm. for whatever reason it would be difficult for you i think to go in and to do something to help alleviate some of the suffering of these souls right like if you say say you were someone who today owned the land or at least had regular access to that land where whoever owned the land wasn't questioning like why are you here mm-hmm. you know uh business hours you know what you need. you know um It would be much easier, I think, in that situation to go in and actually maybe do some sort of ritual to help these souls kind of pass on or move on or to help to alleviate some of that. Yeah. Um, But I'm not quite sure how that would work in a situation like this. And that gets a little tricky. so, Austin, do you have any suggestions? Like, let's look at that piece first. Let's kind of piece this apart a little bit, because we do have two different kinds of spirits that we're potentially working with or, or addressing. Well, we have
0: the genus loci and then the souls of the slaves.
1: Well, let's look at the history of the the souls that, that were enslaved on this land.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, because I think the genus loci are, at the, at the end of the day, even though genus loci, I think, will be angry with us or they can be upset with us for the way that we treat mistreat or abuse the land Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it really ultimately the the genus loci are always going to win yeah it doesn't matter what you do to that land there's no not no one there's not a single human being that is going to outlive a land spirit that just doesn't happen yeah so sooner or later the genus loci in situations like this they'll'll they'll, they'll most likely, they'll be okay'll yeah. they'll, they'll move on right uh, or move on from whatever that tension may be at the moment so um, so we can absolutely still talk about that but I want I want to talk about first of all the the, the spirits that we know of the, the slaves that were on that land at one point
0: okay so something that you can do for them <clears throat> is you could do a small process of well first off if you are a not a person of color you probably won't be received well mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. they will probably see you as enemy um, or at least be fearful or be fearful or angry probably yeah. the latter <clears throat> yeah um, so first when you approach them you must approach them as if you are approaching someone's house because that is their house that's their home so. Okay. Go back to the episode on the etiquette in the house of death. Okay. And when you approach these spirits, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be from a place of fear or a place of like, I need to save you. You know, mm-hmm. it needs to be from a genuine place of like, you want to open up lines of communication like, is there something I can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to go in there with a white savior complex of like i'm here to set all these things right because i have the power to do that as a witch yeah because they're gonna look at you and be like first off witchcraft is evil yeah second who the fuck are you third your skin's the same color as the people who did this to us yeah so try again
1: well, that, that that you know that we're assuming they are a white person, but yes,
0: which we shouldn't do. But um, um, but, I'm, but just as an example, yeah. if I were to do this, yeah, um, so I would go in and I would call up my ancestors and my mighty dead, who actually assisted in the underground railroad, stuff like that. That's what I would do because I have connections there, and I would call them up, and I would sit in contemplation and in silence, mm-hmm. and allow these spirits to talk to me.
1: Okay, would you say it would be? Of benefit, kind of along those lines, and talking about Mighty Dead specifically, um, you know, to do a little bit of digging into that and maybe to look for uh, one or two more, who knows, uh, people of color who yes. were involved in the abolitionist movement. Yes. People of color who were involved with the Underground Railroad. I know everybody always goes to Harriet Tubman, right? Because we know so much about her yeah. historically, right? But there were a lot of people that were a part of the Underground Railroad and that worked very hard to abolish slavery mm-hmm. um and many of them people of color mm-hmm. um up up and even to the the you know to to today yeah. right because
0: we still deal with these issues today mm-hmm. um um now if you wanted to go so, so if you were if, if if you were a conjurer root worker that's how you would do it you'd go in call those spirits you call those spirits in okay you'd usually give offerings of some sort oh yeah um yeah. Tobacco, water, rum, basically something of like, here, I am giving you your last meal. Chances are these individuals did not have last rites. Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to go in and you'd have to maybe do some sort of mock last rite for these spirits Mm -hmm. um, and allow them to make that choice on whether they want to be at peace and at rest, Mm -hmm. or if they want to continue to fill their fills which they're oh. entitled to exactly well, yeah because ultimately it is the spirit's mm-hmm. choice right they yeah they now if you're going into that place from a more witch oriented perspective then you go in as in the same position i am friend i am here to openly ask you what i can do for you okay and from there you could do an invocation to hecate um, and you could use uh, work with Hecate Phosphoros mm-hmm. um, to help illuminate uh, passageway out. What about what about Zotera, who's the? Soterra, you could or uh, say maybe. Uh, well, I, I was gonna go in three. Andodia, that, okay, but go I for was it. gonna yeah. do actually <coughs> Nodia and Soterra after okay. Phosphoros. All right, so I would evoke Hecate Phosphoros to ignite the light and shine shine her light upon the path nodia to guide these spirits who wish to leave and be at rest to where they need to be. And so Terra, to bring peace to the the spirits of that place mm-hmm. by even just giving them some rest. Okay.
1: And, and Hecate then, would be an appropriate goddess for something like this, I think, not only because of her spiritual influences, but Hecate also is a woman of color. Yes. Which a lot of people don't seem to be aware of Mm -hmm. or seem to acknowledge. If all y'all have depictions of Hecate somewhere in your house or on your altar and you've got this, like, alabaster-skinned, you know, like, super... If you have a vampire... White-looking vampire-looking chick and that's Hecate. You know, nothing wrong with that necessarily, but that would not have been how Hecate would have looked. And I know she's a goddess and she can look however the fuck she Mm -hmm. wants, but given her culture of worship, the era... You know her roots um, back to her roots, uh, Yeah. He- she Hecate if she were mortal she would, absolutely she would have been a woman of color. Um, and so yeah, so do remember that. And I think that's one of the other reasons why she is in particular such a good uh, spirit, a good deity mm-hmm. for working
0: with many different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, go on. Well and, and another thing you could do, you could also evoke uh Hecate pompeia Um her aspect of the psychopomp, and basically ask her to walk alongside you. As you go through this place, um, usually you'll do some sort of visualization of, like, a torch, a witch's flame. You could even take a candle if you wanted. Well, um, this is on their land, so they need to probably be careful. Be careful, you know, get permission. If this is something you wish to do... But wow, from the sound of it, I don't know that the people who are on this land are going to be cool with them doing something like this. But let's say you visit this orchard. You don't need to have that. You could use your phone light. Yeah. You could just... Oh. <laughs> we have, we
1: have, Wendy is in the room Sorry. with us tonight. but Very very briefly, but, but yes. she's, yeah, she's got to go. So she was like, I'm just going to be quiet. She's going to get her
0: nails though. We told her she didn't oh. need to, but, you know, um But yeah. you could take out your phone and basically say an invocation of, as my phone's light is lit, so too is this the torch for the dead. Mm-hmm. Let them follow me to peace and rest. Okay. And then as you walk through the orchard and you're leaving small little offerings, whatever that may be, whether that is, you know, maybe some cornmeal. Maybe mm-hmm. you have taken, you you and your significant other went and you got lunch, you know, get some sandwiches or cut those, those sandwiches up and leave those. Crackers, you know, Hansel and Gretel it. Okay. You know, tre- Trello breadcrumbs and basically invite all the genus Lokai and the spirits there, like, help these spirits follow me out of here so they can find peace. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there,
1: okay, because you're going to have people who are going to hear that.
0: And go, they're going to follow me home and cause disruption there. I was going to just take care of that. Okay. Um, So then as you leave, um, you address them all as such. You cannot follow me home. You cannot follow me to any other place. I have taken you out of this dark place into the light. It is your choice to retreat or find rest, but I have shown you the path out. And then go ahead and do that. And then, if you really wanted to, you could do some Florida water around yourself just to help create a little bit more of that barrier. Um, don't do salt for the love of God. Don't do salt. Stop with the fucking salt. Stop with the salt. 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 Stop it. And then um, head head to your car. Okay. And those those processes and simple rituals and simple workings I have found are just what those spirits need. Because if you're coming from a place of compassion, which is where you should be coming from, mm-hmm. um, most of the time they're going to respond either really, really well or not
1: at all. Okay. Well, and just just to be clear, a lot of what you were just detailing is a pro- the same process, really, that you could use for genus loci. Yes. Spirits, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but taking things and offering yes. um, that would, of course, be acceptable Yes. for nature, right? So. Yes. Okay, all right. So one of the things that I was going to, suggest and i really i probably should have thrown this out at the beginning but i think a lot of us find ourselves in moments like this you know those of us who are sensitive those of us who by nature tend to be you know kind you know uh, caretaking healing kinds of personalities right um and these are the, absolutely the spirits that reach out when you are that kind of a person you will have these kinds of interactions with spirits probably more consistently um because they sense that in you they mm-hmm. will sense like this is someone who actually will give a shit right um but I also know that the fact that we have these moments, the fact that we connect to these things, that doesn't always necessarily mean that we are the one. Yeah, it's not our responsibility. To do that, right? And you mentioned that earlier. You talked about, like, we need to look, in the circumstances of this situation, you know, you kind of said, you know, don't go in there all white savior and decide that you're going to be the one to fix this, mm-hmm. right? But, but you know, adding on to that, I should say, I, I think it is is fair in a situation like this to do some... Do some sort of divination. Yeah. Do do something before you really decide to invest any further to make sure that, you know, you really, that you do have a place in this process. Yes. You know, that this is something that should be a mm-hmm. uh, part of you. If, if for some reason you, you know, you do a reading and it comes back and you're like, no, not you, then at that point you at least know. And you, I think at that point are in a better position to maybe seek someone else out You know that would be for me i think a good situation Mm -hmm. for you to say i'm gonna do a little bit of digging and see if i can find a local like hoodoo practitioner or a local um God, who knows, right? Like, and I go hoodoo not because the just not because the spirits we're talking about are we we understand we're maybe black or most likely black people, right? I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to microaggress there, okay? But basically, someone in the area that would have knowledge or understanding of alternative spiritualities yes. that would most likely not be a white. Person,
0: yeah. Don't do. Don't go to the Gardnerian Wiccan High Priestess. Do not go to the
1: Wiccans, God, God. Do not go to any of the Norse pagans. Good God. Um, or and, go to them
0: and let those spirits just completely and totally ravage you. That's fine. Uh,
1: anyway, um, but, but if
0: that's your first choice, then you know that's your sign. Yeah,
1: basically, just yeah. So you know, some someone that would hopefully be in a better position mm-hmm. to to maybe to be able to communicate with those spirits for. who knows a variety of reasons, right?
0: And then if you're going Um, and you're picking apples in this orchard, mm -hmm. then pick an apple for those spirits.
1: Well, I also think it's fair along the lines of of just kind of keeping balance there. You know, I I think it's always good if you're someone who... who practices these things if you're someone who is mindful of these things. You know, you may not call yourself a witch, you may not call yourself a folk magician, whatever, right? But if you're someone who is aware of these things and aware aware of how these spirits and these energies work, I think if you're going to go out to some place like that with the intention of taking taking something, it's always a good idea to take something with you to leave as an offering, right? And when you're dealing with something like an orchard, I mean, god Take a gallon of water. Yeah. You know, like water is an amazing offering for tree spirits, right? I mean, take things that they can use. Yes. Water, um, cornmeal. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, you mentioned cornmeal and tobacco earlier, and it it kind of got me thinking that that this earlier on. Did I? Yeah, you mentioned tobacco. Ah, Um, But earlier on, on it reminded me, or or you saying that kind of also got me thinking about this might have been land that um, is owned today by. A white family, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, um, and their ancestors had slaves on this property, but probably before any of that shit, this was probably indigenous land. Yep. Um, or, well, I guess, I guess it, you know it is. It is still technically it is still indigenous land. But um, so taking something that would also maybe be uh, an offering of sorts, yes. you know, and and obviously you know we're we're talking about cornmeal and uh, tobacco, but really. Different cult, uh, uh, different uh, indigenous communities, different nations would have had their own things, yes. right? So, so you obviously, you know, you probably want to do a little mm, bit of decent research, figure out okay, which which tribe,
0: yeah, Google you know, what tribe was, was in that um, area, you
1: know, whose land was this originally, right? You know, and then see what maybe if there was any information on what that particular group of, of indigenous people what they would have considered a spiritual offering, you know, and then do that if you can, um, but yeah i don't know i i you know that that's a tricky situation and i i absolutely can understand the concern mm-hmm. around something like this i i think that well, um i'll also say uh,
0: that sometimes those spirits just want their story to be heard yeah we all just want and to be so seen right? if you just go and you sit and, and, you know in this time and you allow yourself to just be open to communication you'll find that sometimes those spirits will find some semblance of peace through you and just being able to listen. You might not be able to get them to leave or bring peace to them permanently, but for that moment in time, which is timeless for a spirit, you gave them something.
1: I I would say beyond that, you know, and this is where I'm going to kind of tap into my Wicked Witch kind of uh, aspect of my personality, but... You know, and I'm not saying you do or you should do this because this really is something that could ultimately create more trouble, Mm -hmm. not for those spirits necessarily, but if you were to say do a working to try to bring some balance in the history of ownership around that land, particularly the people who own the land today, Mm -hmm. their ancestors, you know, who who want to, from the sound of it, ignore the history of slavery that happened on this property. You know, I, I would say they're. On one hand, there would maybe necessarily be nothing wrong with doing something to basically cost these people to lose their ownership of that land. The issue there is that then you don't know who necessarily is going to take ownership of the land, Mm -hmm. right? And whoever takes it next could be, who knows, even worse in some Mm -hmm. way. They might decide to come in and totally bulldoze that orchard completely and pave it. And that certainly is not going to benefit any of those spirits. Well,
0: also, you have to think of it this way. There's, there's, there's spirits of slaves there, but if there are spirits of slaves, logic dictates that there's probably going to be spirits of slave owners or slave masters there. And so, by having the, what we're assuming is white ownership removed, and then having black ownership come in, that could create more problems for the black owners, people of color owners, because it would just kick up the activity of the racist white spirits there. Yes, that is also a possibility. Yes. So... So really it's best to <clears throat> let nature run its course and do what you can to make, to, to let them know that they are seen. Yeah. To let them know that.
1: Well, and then be prepared for heard. that. Be prepared for a little bit of an emotional onslaught to yep. do that. If you open that invitation, I, mean, I see that happen in conversations, like just with like living people yep. where you'll have, you know, uh, a white person who is well-intentioned, Mm-hmm. Who will open up or try to put themselves in the position of being a safe space for a black or person, other person of color, to vent some of their frustration and upset around issues of race and white supremacy? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes when that happens, like that black or that indigenous other person of color, like they're they're gonna let loose with years of anger and hurt, mm-hmm. and. I'm going to tell you right now, most of the little white people who think that they're trying to help, those well-meaning white people, they're not ready for it. No, they're not. They can't handle that shit. Um, And so, yeah, so if you're going to do this, (laughs) and you're going to go in and you're going to be like, "I'm, I'm here to show you that I see you. I'm here to show you that I care. Um, you, you, be ready for whatever, whatever you may get. And the thing is, I'm not in saying that I'm not trying to say that it might be a bad experience. It might not be a negative experience. Um, but you've already had from the sound of it, a fairly negative experience in this space. And that lets you know, or it should let you know some of what you're dealing with as it would relate to the energy that you would be picking up on or directing, uh, that your connection to. So, um, so you'd have to be very careful there and make sure that if you chose to do that, that when you finished, that you had, something that you could do immediately to ground and I would say even probably to do some sort of clearing or cleansing on yourself because you you would potentially be picking up a lot um so I don't know this is a kind of a a tricky situation absolutely and um you know and I um you know I commend our listener for for caring about this when so many other people really just wouldn't wouldn't, you know um but those are going to be the suggestions I I would at least have this particular situation and um
0: yeah
1: i don't know do you have anything else that's it all right that's all i can think of okay well let's let's get on to our the topic of our episode so another one of our listeners asked us if we would be willing to speak a bit on lilith okay who is a complicated occult Mm -hmm. figure for for a lot of us these days Um, and I think it's good to say right off the top that we understand Lilith like many other deities that have fallen into the realm of left-hand path practice, uh, occult practice, things that involve, you know, God knows, you know, I I see a lot of people now working with a a family of spirits known as infernals, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm not entirely sure what i feel about that because it is not i'm not in saying that it's not that i don't believe that these spirits exist because i think that they they do they're absolutely they're real spirits and i think that we've just known them as different things in the past we've identified them differently um but i see this trend now with this whole concept of working with infernal spirits um and i'm gonna say right now most of the people i see talking about this shit do not know what the fuck they are talking about um any any shadow person that passes through their house is all of a sudden an infernal spirit, and I'm like you are all, you sound ridiculous. You
0: sound like Zach Bagans. Um,
1: exactly. Um, anyway, but having said that, I want to say that I think there are multiple Liliths. Okay. Um, just like we see that kind of that thing, same thing coming up around Lucifer, that there are multiple identifications for or multiple spirits kind of wearing that name. Okay. Right? Um, and I think we see this with Lilith at least in a couple of instances right um, you, you're, you're sounding like no I don't know
0: I, 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 I'm going to be completely honest with our listeners I'm not an infernal person I am not a goetic spirit person when people are like I want to work with demons I'm like cool fucking do it I'm going to hang out over here with my ancestors in Hecate mm-hmm. and when your life implodes and goes to shit I'm still going to be hanging out over here being like cool Things are balanced. I I I, it is my personal opinion, and my personal opinion alone, and I sure hope this doesn't piss off any of our listeners, but it is my personal opinion because of how I have been how I have perceived, how I have seen quote unquote left hand path practitioners, goetic practitioners, and all that stuff. It always just seems like they were the the kids in high school who were edgy and goth. And then just didn't want to give that up in their adulthood. And so now they're doing that. Or it's the opposite. They were completely and totally victimized. They have found some easy route to power. And now they're doing that to try and just go hog wild. And the edgelord, edgy, I'm dark and work with demons, just doesn't do it for me. And so I, I have... I have people in my life who I love very deeply who work with those things and I can say that they are proving me wrong consistently but I also know there are plenty of people where I'm like uh huh so your life is falling apart and it's because you made a pact with a infernal and now you're planning on making another pact with an infernal to negate the pact that you made with the previous infernal but now your life is going to shit because you made a pact with another infernal and it's just a cycle and so I get just kind of like Okay, that's a lot because I know that I know what I'm getting into with Hecate, and I'm sure most of these people are very well researched, very well learned. But again, it's the whole I'm edgy because I work with demons, and I'm like, cool, yeah, you and 50 million other TikTokers, good for you. This is this is going to be kind of more of a dated reference, and
1: I bet our younger listeners probably will have no (laughs) idea who I'm talking about. But most of the left hand path practitioners that I see out there now. They seem like they're trying really, really hard to like put what 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 was it? It's like like they're all trying to be like the next Chris Angel. Oh god, yes. Like that's even the look, right? The aesthetic. Yes. You know, like I wear all black, I wear funky makeup.
0: I Not even have funky makeup. Dark, like bitch, learn to uh, blend.
1: I uh, have, you know, like, you know... Uh, yeah, and I, I see that shit. And I'm, I'm an ex-goth kid. Like, I I, I was a goth, a goth as a teenager.
0: Once you're goth, you're never you know?
1: ex-goth. Um, and, you know, and so I... So it's not that I have anything wrong with the aesthetic, Yeah. right? Well, and I, I was that a goth kid, too. Like, like, ooh, dark, ooh, creepy, ooh, powerful. Yeah, so well, I agree and, with you and, on and, that. And, and I
0: think that's, that's where my problem with this lies, is, is it's never the person who has their shit together who's working with these spirits. Yeah. It's always the person whose life is in fucking shambles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know a couple of them. I, I know um, Fritz Andrus. Fritz Andrus works with some of these spirits. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell and the interactions that I've had with with our, our mutual, um, their life is pretty yeah. put together. And you're, so talking, like, you're talking about Aziel? Yes. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's like an exception but it's 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 like trying to find the gardenarian Wiccan who isn't who's a real gardenerian Wiccan and not just saying they're a Gardenarian Wiccan because they read a couple books. That's what it it's very feels like it feels like to me, and I just I as soon as someone's like, Well, I work with demons in the Goetia, I'm like, Okay, honey, that's a lot of crazy that I don't have the time for right now. Okay. Alright. So this is going to be a lot of you. I'll throw my opinions in here and there, and okay, there it good. is. Most of what I'm going to
1: really talk about really is probably going to be information that a lot of people could readily and no disrespect to those spirits through, you know, research. But I understand that in the internet era that research and, and, and legitimate or, or factual information can be very difficult to come across, and when mm-hmm. you do come across it. Sometimes you don't recognize it, right? So uh, a lot of what I'm going to share is really going to be honest, or to be honest, is really going to be based upon accurate translations of texts that come from the area of the world and the cultures that would have worked with or would have acknowledged, not even necessarily worked with, because I don't think you're really going to find any culture historically that would have worked with Lilith. Um, Lilith is very much one of these spirits I find, like Hades, Mm -hmm. hades has become a very popular god for pagans to work with whatever the fuck that means um but historically though hades would have been a deity that you would have honored and acknowledged nobody wanted to work with hades hades was terrifying to work with a god like that was to basically invite death into your life to catch the notice of a god like Hades was not a good thing. Um, and so I, I have to laugh at that a little bit with people today. And I'm not saying that relationship or that gods don't evolve and that the relationships that we can form with gods and the practices spiritually that we can form with gods. I'm not saying that none of that has potentially evolved or changed in the millennia or, or two that have passed. Right. But. Um, But I will say, um, you're not going to find, in a lot of these older cultures, you're really not going to find people working with, as we identify or say, working with these spirits in the ways that we do today. Mm -hmm. That would just not have been a
0: thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that can be said for pretty much all of the spirits that we work with.
1: So I want to talk about Lilith in really the two uh, primary forms that we see her popping up in, okay? And I'm going to save the left-hand path uh, more, you know, the... Goetic, infernal kind of Lilith. I'm going to save that for a little bit later, okay? Because really, I I want to start with her her origins um, as it would relate to really the ancient cultures that would have acknowledged her. Um, So we see her, as far as like actual texts are concerned, classic, I'm talking like historic texts are concerned. We see her popping up, and we understand that she is, of course, a figure that appeared in ancient Mesopotamian uh, cultures in their texts. Um, She also shows up in the Babylonian uh, Talmud and other religious texts that would have, I think, been the precursor or would have originated kind of around the same time that we see, um, you know, kind of like the beginning of, um, well, not the Torah necessarily, but those kinds of religious texts from basically that area of the world. Okay. Um, a lot of the stories, of course, and people will probably be familiar with this one, uh, a lot of the stories that are told uh, tell us that she was actually created as the first woman and she was created by the you know the God, you know whatever name you want to slap on that, um, by the Abramaic God at the same time that Adam would have been created, that they were both created, if not at the same time, that they were both created as equals. that as Adam was formed of earth, that so too was Lilith and that they were equals in that sense um and that lilith went on uh to basically defy the will of god and the will of adam who would have been her her husband based on the old books right um she she refused to be subservient to adam for a damn good reason she was created as an equal why the hell should she be subservient right um and this is one of the things that a lot of uh theologians a lot of um scholars have kind of uh talked about this not necessarily a debated but over the years there's been kind of some discussion around this where lilith pops up and that when lilith uh defied adam and therefore defied god the Abrahamic god she was uh exiled she was banished from the garden of eden um and it is at that point that god made eve as a second uh partner to adam and Eve was of course uh, created from Adam's body uh, which is I think in some interpretations uh, seen as a way or a mark for Eve's subservience to Adam she was not created as an equal she was created of Adam by the Abramaic God which is why Eve was then deemed or seen to be a more suitable wife because she would be the subservient Woman. Now it's of course we need to be very open and honest about all of the patriarchy and toxic masculinity and misogyny that revolves around this story. Um, because it's 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 apparent. It's it couldn't be more clear, right? Um but she Eve or or, excuse me, Lilith, going back to Lilith, she was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Um you know, which I, I always kind of thought sounded, you know, really, to be honest, like a better deal for her because Adam really seemed like a, an enormous douche yeah. to me, even to Eve. Um, anyway, because she was basically removed from paradise or forced from paradise, um, she was extremely angry at her exile. She had absolutely a reason to be right. Mm-hmm. She was kicked out of her home for basically saying, no, I'm not going to allow you to treat me like shit. You know, no, I'm not going to be subservient to you right um and because of her anger she the, the some of the stories tell us that she vowed uh basically vengeance against mm-hmm. the Abramaic god and adam and it is from that uh story i believe that we start to see her associations with being like the mother of demons
0: the mother of monsters or the
1: mother of monsters right it it became at that point and you know and again that's where a lot of other stories kind of get a little confusing right because mm-hmm. there are stories that will say that she um then Uh, basically she found herself involved in a a relationship she coupled with, uh, in some stories tell us it was, um, Lucifer, which we of course know is bullshit. Um, other stories tell us it was Samael, who was another fallen angel. Basically the idea is that she found herself once on the outside of Eden, that she found herself, um, in a situation where she basically was coupling or mating or having children with what would have been the Nephilim, Mm um, or fallen angels, and then through the process of that creating the Nephilim, yeah. right? And of course, all of that is the UPG of occultists, and who the fuck knows, right? That's, that's shit that we, we we can never really know, right? Um, and it can be interesting to think about, but I, I'll be honest, personally, I haven't really given a lot of that stuff a whole lot of credence over the years, you know? It sounds like very, uh, like, L. Ron Hubbard science fiction-y to me, to be honest. Yeah. But anyway, so getting back to lilith though she, she i think had every right to be pissed off in that story right um going back to um that origin story though um, i think that it's also good for us to talk about older texts because there were texts that existed prior to what we see of Lilith's mention in in things, again, like the Talmud, some of these other, you know, texts. There are older texts that tell us that the world outside of Eden, the Garden of Eden, was already inhabited. Mm -hmm.
0: um, By the others.
1: Yes, that other types of life existed. You know, and a lot of those books don't really tell us exactly what those life forms were, but there is Aliens. some. There is well, who knows, right? To an ancient person, say to, to an ancient, to primitive man, right? Would it be so? Would it? Would an alien and a demon really seem so different? Probably not, right? Like it's ooh it's a it's a scary monster. It doesn't look like me. It, it must doesn't be, look like me. It's scary. It must be evil, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, because that's still how we behave, right? As humans, um, but the world outside of Eden would have already been pop- or would have been um, inhabited, and it would have been inhabited by. Uh, beings that we associate with the physical natural world mm-hmm. right? so this is something that's always kind of struck me as a little odd because we see a lot of occultists associating Lilith with being the mother of demons but based off of old texts we would understand that the beings that we would many of them that we would identify as demons already existed mm-hmm. they were on this planet before Lilith was those spirits predate humanity um so again something that kind of punches a little bit of hole of of a hole into the theory of lilith as mother of demons um so we can also see from a historical analysis of jewish mysticism um that the story of lilith being the mother of demons really didn't gain traction in more contemporary religious and occult belief until the dark ages um like we were a good millennia past well i think oh my god more than that we were we were a lot a lot of years past um what would have been i think the the era or the uh like just that the time where this story would have been still relatively new or would have been kind of in its beginning or its infancy right so i think this again kind of points us back to the fact that there's been so much Fantasizing and demonizing around Lilith. And it again, it's kind of my personal belief that Lilith really is, to be honest, more of a representation mm-hmm. of the power of woman and how the power of woman has consistently been seen by men, patriarchy, these kinds of things, as a threat to their power. Um, I think that Lilith really is is a metaphor i think that she is a representation um but that's okay you know there and there there will be people who will disagree and you know and i'm not really here to argue that you know lilith could absolutely be a living you know being as well but um but as far as the texts are concerned i think that she is as a figure serves a role in that she is the representation of the evil of divine feminine the evil of woman particularly when they turn against the will of man, right? Okay. Or because they turn against the will of man, right? That's kind of how it's always seemed to me. Anyway, um, things just really just don't line up with this story, okay, for a number of reasons. A couple of them I just mentioned with the actual textual information that we have access to. Um, yeah, and we, of course, we know that Abrahamic faith over the many, many years has changed these stories again and again and again and again. Um, you know, and so really we, we do have to kind of look at the, you know, like, God, what do we really have to fall back on that really is reliable information, right? You either go back to these old texts, which you know have been changed and altered, or you fall back on the UPG of, who knows, of, from the sound of it, dark age occultists and any Aleister Crowley wannabe who's existed since, yeah. right? All right, so be skeptical, I guess is kind of the point of what I'm saying there with that last comment, okay? Be skeptical, okay, of any information that you may come across on deities like Lilith, um, particularly when, again, that information is coming from heavily translated religious texts. Um, Yeah. All right, so focusing again on some of the history here, all right, we we do see different mentions of Lilith specifically in spiritual or, or as part of spiritual talismans found in ancient Babylonian culture. Um, these most often reference Lilith as a name for a particular spirit and not a singular person or goddess. Okay. Um, what I'm talking about specifically, and those of you who are curious enough, you can, if you do a little bit of digging, you can actually find Uh, Online images of these things, but it was very common in these cultures to create uh, for magicians and and different spiritual practitioners. It was very common for them to sculpt to create what they would call spirit bowls or uh, demon traps. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have found a few of these actually from this culture, and with translation of the language, usually, usually, basically, what we're talking about is this is a bowl, and the inside of the bowl will have kind of in a spiral kind of a pattern. Mm-hmm. An incantation. Will have an incantation or text of some sort, and the idea is that any any spirit that would be harmful to humanity would, upon coming across this bowl, would be uh, tricked into reading the incantation in the bowl and as the text kind of spiraled in right they would be kind of pulled into that space it kind of served as a binding kind of a tool or mechanism right but they have found these and actually these have mention of lilith but lilith in the translation of these talismans or the the, the text on these talismans she is not uh, represented as a woman or as a goddess Lil, the lilith or the Lilitu, which is one of the other translations and there's been a lot of debate about the Lilitu compared to Lilith, um, and and what those are, if they could be connected or the same thing or not. Um, But there's translation there that would support that Lilith was actually a type of spirit. And if we pushed that a little bit further um, and connect that to the concept of the Lilitu, Okay, in modern occult reconstructions of Mesopotamian or Judaic religious texts, um, and again, there is a lack of complete information here, right? But in these original texts and in later translations, um, we do see confirmation of this. We see the support of, or the of that of that name, that title being used as a representation or as an identifier for a family of spirits, not one single spirit. Or goddess okay um, what is really interesting about these translations whether they be the original ancient ones or later translations um, is that these spirits actually wouldn't even have been considered demons that these spirits would actually have been elementals air mm-hmm. um, elementals actually they would have been spirits that would have been very similar to what we would identify today as the fae or the fairy or in our tradition, the fata, mm-hmm. right? Nature spirits, wind spirits, um, and and still from from the text that we have, still spirits that would have seen to be or would have been seen to be or understood to be malicious, right? These were not spirits that you would want in or around your home, certainly, right? But um, but not demons, not demons. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's an interesting thing. What's your take on that, Austin? Because I think that over the many years, and we see this happen a lot here with people who come into the shop, right, where they're like, I've got a demon in my house, you know, and we sometimes we'll even actually find ourselves going to their house. And we walk into that place. And we're like, you don't have there's demon. no demon here, but you've really pissed off the genus loci here. Yeah. Um, and you need to do something to bring some peace here. So what's your take on that? I'm curious about that, because I've talked quite a bit now. What's what's your take on on the likelihood, or just, just, I think, in general, people and their confusion between spirits. I think a lot of people misidentify nature spirits and elementals
0: as demons. And oh, it so happens, happens all the time.
1: And it's not to say they're not connected, right? Because we understand they can absolutely be. Demons can be elemental in nature.
0: No, they, they, they can totally be connected, but it happens all the time. Uh, mainly because we have all this Hollywoodized craft, and you have shows like... Posthead pinchers, um, what? Posthead pinchers. What to f- avoid? To avoid. To avoid. Dramatic.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm with you now. Okay, I was like, what with, are you saying?
0: With the steroidial um, hobbit bagans, um, or sorry, bagans. Um, sorry, bagans. I don't know how to say it without getting in trouble. Um, That's okay. But Mo- going, on, moving on. But you know where everything's demon, demon demon and people just just so convinced and they want to be special about it and that's really what what it is is they want to have that Hollywood experience but then they don't want to actually have to learn how to take care of it and so when we have nature spirits and land spirits that come in and they're literally just showing how upset they are to these people they never know how to handle it they go straight for the white sage or they go straight to trying to kick this thing out and it's like well have you talked to it No, I'm scared. Okay, so you're giving it what it wants, first off. Second, have you tried maybe, I don't know, analyzing your environment? What have you done in the past few months or years that's really shaken up the environment? Have you renovated the house? Have you... Landscapes, yes, landscapes. landscaped the property. Have you removed an old tree? Have you had a bunch of new people move in and out? Exactly. Do you, have you had transient individuals? Have you had, you know, someone coming coming and going a lot and not knowing what energy they're bringing in? So, that's... That's where I, where, where I find that, where people jump straight to demons. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I... I usually find it a little comical, but also very sad. Because it, it happened today where... Or not today. It happened this week where someone came in and and they were convinced that they were working with this particular spirit. And as someone who worked with this spirit for 15 years, mm-hmm. I had to look them in the face and go... I don't think so. Are you sure about that? Yes. And as soon as, like, everything lined up, they, like, they broke down into tears. And it was yeah. You
1: definitely popped a bubble there. And
0: I was I felt bad because I was like, you know, I I, it is
1: never our intent to make our customers no. Like I never (laughs) I never want to
0: take someone's like idea of what's going on and just absolutely destroy it. But I also can't, as a teacher, as a mentor, as someone who has been doing this a very long time, I can't rightfully look at someone and go, oh yeah, totally. Because if they're not working with that spirit, and I'm trying to give them an offering or a suggestion on that spirit, they're gonna not get the result they want. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working with the more again, and you suppose you think you're working with the more again, and you come in and she wants offerings of rose quartz, like what? Mm. what? No one, that's not expensive enough. <laughs> She's a bougie bitch maybe maybe Tiffany Stone, Morganite, but not not Rose Quartz. And so, so it's never our intention to do that, but that's what I see is um, trickster spirits and land spirits that get a little bit of attention and this person's like, okay, cool, I'm going to continue doing this. And then they fall back out of their practice and it pisses off that spirit. Because I can tell you right now, if you are working with a real deity, a true spirit of that nature, and you fall out of practice, you probably aren't going to suffer life-changing, altering horrible things. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's been part of your pact that you made with them. Yeah. You know, if if I decided, and I'm not saying I'm going to do this, nor will I ever do this, I don't I don't anticipate this, but if I were to just be like, you know what, I'm taking down Hecate's altar, I'm not really feeling the whole deity thing anymore, I'm just going to do witchcraft without, without gods and goddesses, I would feel a huge shift, but I wouldn't necessarily, like, I don't feel that my life would come crumbling down around me. Yeah. But then again, I don't want to test that theory, so we're just, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I've I've known a
1: few people over the years who have uh, found themselves working in their own personal evolution, working away from Hecate after having mm-hmm. worked with her and known her for a long time, um, I've yet to see Hecate, and I can only speak on her. I'm, not, you know, I can't speak on other other deities that I'm not familiar with or as familiar with. But, um, but I've mm-hmm. yet to see Hecate get angry with someone. Oh, like, yeah. when they have chosen to move their spiritual path.
0: Mm-hmm. The well, and even even the Morrigan, even the Morrigan. I worked with the Morrigan for fifteen years, and mm-hmm. it got to the point where I. And this is just how her spirit is. She's not the kind, loving mother that everyone wants to think she is. Well, she's the maiden mother crown. No, that's not even true in Celtic practice. But whatever. So we're moving past that.
1: Her only, I'm just really quick. So her only real maternal aspect would really be Maka. It would be Maka. Right? And even Maka was not really Maka's maternal. a fucking warrior. She was,
0: Yeah, she was kind of made. She's the Red Mare. She is the one who Im- imposed upon the army uh, child labor pains. Yeah. Like (laughs) She's not nice. And so even when I was working with the Morrigan, I found myself not sticking consistently with her. Because you'd sit at the altar and for three days you'd feel nothing. Mm -hmm. Like there'd be no presence. Yeah, Because she's fickle. She's very chaotic. She's chaotic and she's fickle. And she wanted the Wagyu beef and I got her i got her a plain old filet mignon and she wanted the wagyu, and so she's not gonna fucking show up and that's about how fickle she is and any of the morgan practitioners out there will tell will, will tell you like yeah she a little fickle and so i would branch out and work with other spirits and i never got reprimanded for it i never got hit for it um because ultimately i'd come back to be like wait so you're working with these other things and there was kind of that interaction of like yeah, I kind of needed you, and you didn't show up. So I figured it out, which usually for her is like, "Oh, good! I'm so glad you did that." <laughs> now give me a hundred push-ups, and it's like, no. Okay. So that's that's my response. I don't know if okay. I answered the question. I feel like I babbled for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you, you kind of took it that in a very different direction, but that's that's okay.
1: Let's get we'll, we'll get back to Lilith. Okay, we talked about, about the Morgan and Hecate a bit there, and we we're focusing on Lilith. Okay, so I want to say Lilith, or really, to be honest, more likely Liliths. Because there are more than one, um, I really think, to be honest, uh, at this point, at least in contemporary practice, have really it's it's an egregore. These are egregores uh, that have been formed of a misunderstanding of old religious texts, folklore from cultures around Mesopotamia, the superstitions of Jewish mysticism, and as I've mentioned a few times now, the UPG of contemporary occult practitioners. Um, That, again, does not... Is not to say that Lilith is not an actual spirit. Aggregors can be and become actual spiritual intelligences. They absolutely can. Um, You know, and there could be, honest, there could be something even deeper than that. Which I'm going to kind of get into here in a moment, okay? When I say deeper, I mean there could be something more to Lilith as a goddess. But probably not as Lilith or as the goddess that you think. So... Let's talk about Lilith as, uh, depicted as a woman with bird's feet, okay? This is one of the other reasons why, um, I, I see, or another one of the things that I see that kind of punches a little bit of a hole into contemporary belief and worship or practice around Lilith, okay? You'll see, many of you who are familiar with this goddess will probably have seen depictions of her as the mistress of beasts, where we see, uh, usually this, this woman depicted, she very often has the, uh, uh, feet of birds. Um, she is uh, sometimes depicted with, she's winged. Sometimes she's just holding things in her hands and she's surrounded by, you know, different types of animals. Right. But, uh, but these depictions of Lilith, actually what we attribute to Lilith, these actually are not Lilith at all. Are archeologically, these have actually been proven to be depictions of a, another goddess named Ereshkigal, um, who really truly was a nasty, kind of mean, not, not so pleasant goddess. Um, you know, and if there's anybody listening to this who worships and loves Irreschkaal, I'm so sorry, but you you have to admit from her stories, she she was not a not a nice, happy, fun goddess. Um, is not a nice, happy, fun goddess. Um, anyway, so we we do understand that these depictions of Lilith as Mistress of Bees, really, to be honest, were were actually or were initially depictions of the goddess Irreschkaal. And so I think what we see happening here is we see syncretization of these goddesses or of different goddesses, kind of brought into you know kind of kind of or the creation of a new goddess or idea of a new goddess through syncretization and we uh, we've talked about syncretization on the podcast before this is something that happens all over the place every culture throughout time has dealt with syncretization in some form okay not not so much a good thing now but used to be pretty common in the old days right um But I think that this is what's happening. I think that looking at Lilith as the representation, or Lilith as an actual spiritual intelligence, or as a goddess, I think what we're actually maybe seeing, or one of the possibilities here, really could be that Lilith is just the title or the name of another goddess. Um, You know, it would be comparable to say, okay, so within like kind of our circle here, right? We've got Mm -hmm. someone who two people who acknowledge acknowledging nature goddess yes one of them calls her Terra one of them calls her Gaia Mm -hmm. same goddess yes just different names yes right so that's kind of the comparison I guess I'm making there with Lilith being syncretized or Lilith as a representation of another goddess okay um So as I said a moment ago, none of this is to say that Lilith doesn't have her place in spiritual practice, but I think it's very important for for those of us who work with her, or or at least find ourselves talking about her in in this kind of a context, but we, we need to be honest about the sources of information used to support her place in our belief. Uh, If you're worshipping Lilith as the mother of demons and a consort to Samael or even Asmodeus, she's often seen to be a consort to Asmodeus as well, um, that's fine. But your knowledge of her origin is incomplete in doing this. Um, If you believe she is a goddess and who knows, maybe a mother of demons, a queen of hell, this is fine. But... You then need to admit that your belief can only be backed by the misinterpretations of ancient texts, misinterpretations of ancient texts, and the UPG of edge lords in the occult community.
0: <laughs>
1: um, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit now that we've gone over some of the history there, and everybody listening, if you're still with the, with us on this episode. Um, Let's talk about actually working with her, because that was, I think, really, to be honest, the piece that the, our, our listener wanted, okay? And after listening to the first part of our podcast, I don't know if they're still going to want to try to work with Lilith. Um, who knows? Maybe a lot of what I shared will have them even more intrigued on working with her. But um, we need to look at what Lilith embodies, okay? I think that that's always the best place to start when we're looking at working with any deity. Lilith. Ekite. Brigid. Morrigan whoever whoever they may be right whoever the the god or goddess may be Odin whoever you know whoever they may be right we we need to look of course at the goddess or the the deity as a deity right Um, we need to look at, at the you know the myths the representation their appearance their symbolism you know these kinds of things but we also we need to look deeper than that I think that we need to look very carefully at what they represent their archetypal energies because those are the things that will probably ultimately anchor your practice With any deity your devotion your work with any deity is going to be based off of what that deity ultimately represents to you to the world okay Uh, so in looking at that where Lilith is concerned Lilith is one of these spirits one of these goddesses that I believe is going to fall into the realm of being the shadow aspect of the divine feminine Um, Austin how would you identify the divine feminine to our listeners just just in total not necessarily just the shadow aspect but but what is the divine feminine
0: the divine feminine is the representation of what we as mortals um perceive as the mother uh the primordial source of all things the womb Um, the, the divine feminine is the ability to create okay um it is the it is the ability to nurture as well as um as well as discipline uh i you're you're asking me a very broad question because i don't i'm not a big like Divine feminine, divine masculine. I'm very much like. No, you're good. You're good. No, you're you're fine. You know, you you said an interesting. thing You're making thing me there. go back to, to to my Wicca time.
1: You said you said so. You said an interesting thing there. You you mentioned it, and and I, I say so, you know you're not wrong. Um, I think that the divine feminine is um, much broader. The concept, of the art, the the energy of what that is is much broader than just the creator. Right, or the ability to create, because we also understand, particularly when looking at at a goddess like Lilith, Mm -hmm. right? If we're if we're identifying, Lilith as can also destroy. We also know that the divine feminine is also a destroyer, Mm -hmm. and so we we again we see that shadow aspect, right, with these kinds of things, right? Because these are beings, you know. I think this is another one of the issues that we see, particularly with contemporary practices, that we tend to, you know, we focus on a deity, and we go, oh, this is what they are. You know, and like, yes, but there's a whole lot more going on there. These are not just one-dimensional beings. They have a lot going on. Probably a hell of a lot more than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're probably way more complicated than we are, right? Or who knows? Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe they got it all together and, and things are easy. But we know, we have to know from their stories that these are more than one-dimensional beings. Mm-hmm. And any deity is going to have both a light and a shadow side. Okay, and again, to be clear, shadow does not mean evil. Shadow does not mean bad. Okay, those of you who are still dealing with that light-dark dynamic, you need to really look at that because dark shadow, black, not bad. Oof, jeez. you got it. You got to figure that out if you're still kind of dealing with that. Um, but we see her as, I think, uh, as a shadow goddess, really, um, and her role in our magical work is, I think, really primarily to focus our personal growth and empowerment. Through absolute honest introspection and a shedding of imposed societal beliefs and values that are really based in fear. You know, if we look at the stories of Lilith, that is really so much of her story, right? She refused to bow down. She refused to be subservient. You know, that's if you're believing the biblical or that you know, those, those old she religious texts, right? She
0: refused to lay beneath she, Adam. She
1: was not going to be someone that was going to be victimized in some sense, you know, and... Um, you know, and she, I think, beyond that, was uh, a strong enough figure to to really be able to connect to uh, her sense of injustice and anger, and ultimately to make that a creative force. If we believe in her as the mother of demons, you know, although you know we understand maybe her motivation wasn't the purest, right? But in the process of maybe wanting to get back a little bit at Adam, and who knows, some fluffy sky daddy at God, right? That she decided, okay, fine in the process of destroying you, I'm going to go full on creation. And I'm going to create a whole race of beings that is going to do nothing but torment you for the rest of whatever existence, right? So so I think that she is is really primarily all about or in working with her what we need to be doing is we need to be focusing very intensely on and I'm going to say it. People don't like to hear about it anymore, but I'm going to say it. Shadow work and acknowledging the the shadowier the the more primal components of our being and working very carefully within ourselves on ways that we can balance both the creative and destructive components of our being. Um, You know, she is, I think because of that, going to be an ideal power to work with um, for, You know obviously any kind of baneful working right because obviously there's uh, an appreciation or a sense of injustice and anger there but we also understand through her story and through the process of some of that shadow work that she is absolutely a source for healing i think particularly where women are concerned or just any femme identifying person i think anyone who i think has been um victimized or abused by you know misogyny Uh, any kind of ism i think i think lilith is another one of these goddesses that is going to be a very powerful ally because she she understands what it is to be kind of seen as the villain and to be mistreated um so i would say to work with her in healing uh, as well as a component of shadow work because at the end of the day that's what shadow work is shadow work is all about healing there will be people out there that will tell you that shadow work is about the assumption of power but those people are full of shit And they obviously really don't know what the hell they're talking about, because the purpose of Shadow Work is healing. Um, So I think goddesses like Lilith, they help us to focus on ourselves in more empowering ways. I think they give us lessons on the realities of life and death. I know that a lot of people who work very closely with thanatology or processes around dying and death i think that lilith can be a goddess that can be very comforting for those kinds of people because she in her aspect i think is very good at helping us to remember that death is really primarily or death death is really to be honest just a doorway to something else you know we can see that i think in the story of her particularly when we look at Uh, Her departure from the Garden of Eden as she was exiled or banished from Eden. Um, Again, a lot of theologians would say that her departure from Eden, really, to be honest, was in some sense a death. uh, Because we understand that once Eden, once you left Eden, you were no longer immortal. You were no longer uh, like the gods in that sense, or like the god in Mm -hmm. that sense. So to be removed of Eden, to be kicked out of paradise was in essence a kind of a death. At that point, she was relegated to mortality. Um, And so I think being able to make those connections and to help us to see past some of our issues around fear as it would relate to death and dying is also a big component of working with Lilith. Um, They help connect us, She, she helps connect us to our physical body. And we live in a world right now that is very caught up in the physical, but in extremely unhealthy ways. You know, all of us are told that we have to look a certain way or weigh a certain amount or you know that our hair color needs to be a certain texture or you know it's just it's ridiculous what so many of us deal with right and it's it's these societal expectations that are so unfair um because that's not attainable for everyone right um you know there's beauty in everyone and 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 it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are so um but i think that lilith helps us to connect to the physical component of our being in in more healthy ways um you know there's there's a a very primal source of power there um and i think that when we can can connect healthily with our physical being we can absolutely tap into that same power within ourselves Uh, what do we all say austin our body is our first altar yes right um beyond uh, connecting us more strongly with our physical body I, i would also say that lilith connects us very strongly to the physical world um you know if we believe some of the lore and the mythology from some of these old cultures um we understand that it's highly likely that lilith was amongst a family of spirits that would have been elemental In nature and so she would absolutely have had very strong ties to the physical planet to elemental nature and so i think in working with her in maybe i would say the same capacity that we would work with goddesses like demeter or gaia or any other kind of nature spirit uh, or or deity um, we can very much work with lilith in the same way Um, again she is a shadow deity our shadow goddess. And so I think in working with her as an aspect of nature or as a physical earth kind of a spirit, um, we would again, I think, be seeing her more within the realm of like, you know, autumn or winter or, you know, the times of year where the earth kind of lies, you know, in slumber, you know, where the fields go fallow and everything is quiet. The world kind of turns inward, right? Which is a time where we should be doing very much the same. We should be turning inward. Um, These goddesses, uh, goddesses like Lilith, any kind of shadow goddess, um, really, to be honest, is also going to be very much about carnality and the senses. Um, I don't think there's a single practitioner, a single story that would involve Lilith as a figure that would skip over the fact that Lilith was, was very carnal and very lusty and there's no embarrassment in her about that she is is all about her sexual power she is all about the power that she has as a divine feminine source to be able to create physically with her body she is all about being open to the pleasure of the body Mm -hmm. Um, and, and in a way that is removed of ridiculous concepts like sin and judgment because there is no sin in being open to your sex your sexuality and that expression of your physical body um, if you are still caught up in issues around sin or a fear of judgment when it comes to being sexual in whatever sense that you may be, go back to church. Lilith probably isn't interested in it. Um, but to connect again to your own physical body and to be open to that component of your being, okay, and it doesn't matter, male, female, they, them, you know, trans, non-binary, you know, straight gay queer lesbian bi whatever whatever ace whatever you may be right um but to be i think willing to be open and to connect to whatever that physical sexual expression may be that's i think going to be a very important way or a very a very uh, cool way to work with lilith um so maybe a little bit of sex magic in there
0: yeah
1: um from the sound of it maybe a little bit of earth magic in there but dealing primarily with processes of ending and and death as a natural, or a natural, a natural, excuse me, natural process. Um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I don't know, Any anyone working with Lilith, I think, should consider these things when structuring any rite or spell, and Lilith, because she is a shadow goddess, uh, or is a shadow aspect of the Divine Feminine, I think it is very important, and I'm just going to say this, and there will be people out there that will disagree with me, but... There are a lot of grimoires out there. There are a lot of sources of information out there that have been cobbled together by, again, edgelords in the left-hand path community and, you know, armchair occultists. Most of them men, white men. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have combined or, or, you know, they put together these grimoires, you know, that have, you know, spells and incantations and rites and things that involve Lilith or evoking Lilith or you know, whatever it may be. And I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I, if you want to work with Lilith, I'm really going to probably steer you away from all of that. Um, Lilith, like any shadow goddess, is really primarily going to be one of these deities that you, you have to do the work to establish your own connection with her. You have to. Because Lilith is going to want to get to the core of who you are. Which means that you are not going to want to base your practice off of the shit that whoever white dude living in his mother's basement in minnesota decided he wanted to write about his grimoire on lilith right and i'm not saying that you know whoever lives in minnesota who's written that grimoire is necessarily wrong but that's going to very much be his experience and his practice of lilith and probably shouldn't be yours um so be mindful of that it is okay i believe when you are working with spirits like lilith to create your own rights. Obviously do the research know what you're doing and know what her offerings maybe would be or have some sort of established communication with her so that she can tell you what she wants, right? And and again, we always tell people be skeptical and you know, if you're going to go to external sources in your practice, go to more than one. Mm-hmm.
0: Because, Particularly once you work with that lift.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's a very good, yes, very good catch there, yes. If you're going to go to someone for information, and, you know, like going back to your your example of the Morrigan, right? If you're going to work with the Morrigan and you want to get outside information on working with that goddess, don't, you know, and you want to work specifically with like the Maka aspect of Morrigan, don't go to someone who has only ever successfully connected or worked with the, is it Anya? Anya. Anya aspect of Morrigan. Very different aspects of the Morrigan. Still both bitches. Um, yeah, and still, when it comes down to it, it's still both the Morrigan. Mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, but very different experience, and most likely a very different practice. Yes. Um, so so do your research into those external sources. Well,
0: and don't. A lot of people have been. I, I've been seeing deity identification readings still happening. And, oh God, yes. And all I can tell you is that unless that person has worked with consistently. I'm not talking, oh, I went to this deity and I worked with them for one spell. Um, So yeah, I can confirm whether or not it's them because chances are it wasn't that deity. They might have been working with a trickster spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, there's nothing wrong with a trickster spirit. But, you know, if you're going to get a deity identification reading to see if Lilith is really... Like, what you're trying to work with. You probably don't come to me. Probably, probably don't go to a guy, first off. Second, make sure you're going to someone who's actually worked with, venerated, and honored this spirit, this deity, in their own practice. I can't tell you how many times I've had to have that conversation of, Well, I got a deity identification reading, so I know that it's the morgan. I'm like, Really? because I'm looking at that little creature that's on your left side and that's not the morrigan that's trickster spirit. Well no cuz I just see I see crows everywhere I see ravens everywhere I go in Utah. I'm like, "Well, first off, ravens aren't native to Utah." So, no, you're seeing crows. And mm. second, they're native to Utah. So, duh, you're seeing crows. Yeah, and we get you know, a lot of crows. You know? And so it isn't until you they actually sit down, they actually talk with me and they're like, "Oh, well, I just saw Flaming bright wet red hair in a forge, and I'm like, "That's not the Moor again. That's fucking Brigid. Yep. Like, do your research, you know. And so, don't go get a deity identification reading. Yeah, you know, we've talked the about the thing is, this is if before. you if you sit down and you're like, "I'm getting a deity identification reading," then you should know full well out the bat it's not Lilith.
1: Well, and those those we've talked about the deity identification readings before, and 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 you're absolutely right with everything you just said. But we've talked about that before on the podcast, I think in brief, many episodes ago, and um, and and yeah, I mean, I think it it is fair to say that your connection to any deity is going to be deeply personal, mm-hmm. and to go to just any random person who is going to pull out a deck of tarot cards and somehow decipher through their tarot cards, oh, it's this deity, when they personally have no prior connection to that deity, yeah, that person is full of shit. They're, they're just, honestly, they're, they're trying to give their money. And, you know, and you probably need to make sure that you, you know, don't go back and give that person more money. We'll just say that. Um, anyway, so... Those are some of the, the things that I would use Or guidelines I would provide on working with Lilith um, Unfortunately There There really aren't any established rights uh, Or, you know, and I did some digging into this Just because I wanted to see if I could really provide any references or resources But there really are no uh, Existing, there's no existing liturgy Or no existing, like like you could call, doctrine Or written kinds of things uh, that would really be applicable to contemporary practice around Lilith. You know, there are things absolutely that you can pull from grimoires that have written been written in the last, you know, 100 years or so, or even things that you can get offline. And it's not that those things don't work, but in doing that, you really, you probably need to kind of test that stuff out before you decide to actually make it a part of your practice, yeah. you know. Um, the shadow deities, shadow spirits are very much like, try it and see kinds of kinds of situations um so be sure you're ready for that um yeah um i just i I couldn't think of any sources um but I, i would basically say do as you will in your practice while honoring her and yourself um whatever that may mean to you and you probably will be just fine agreed I think I'm done talking about Lilith. Is there anything you'd like to add to tonight's episode? Honestly? I already
0: told you. Like, I I am so not this, <laughs> and it's that. It's not that I don't respect it. I'm not talking about Lilith. I'm just talking, like, like is there anything else that you would like to discuss in our episode tonight? Oh. Uh, <laughs> not really, other than, you know... If it's really, really hard to find information on a deity, particularly a deity like Lilith, Mm -hmm. and you're dead set on finding that information, you could find it, but ultimately, if you're finding that it's really hard, that could be your own spirits basically saying, like, hey, yeah, not this. Yeah. Not this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because I can't tell you how many times people are like, I can't find any information on Hecate, and I'm like, there is an abundance mm-hmm. of information. You have mm-hmm. Greek magical papyri, keeping her keys, Hecate mm-hmm. one, Hecate two, anything by Sodita dieste. Uh, you have all these things. You have all these websites, all of it. And they mm-hmm. they've like they've never heard of Cindy Branon. They've never heard of this. They've never like they can't even pronounce the name correctly. And yeah. I'm like, it's your spirit team. It's your guides being like, yeah, you're probably not ready for that. And that's okay. And remember that working with a big badass goddess, like, I mean, they're all badass, but working with a goddess such as Lilith, who is carnal, who is primal, who is angry and fiery, means that you're going to have to reach deep down and within yourself and find that. And if you are not comfortable... And then find a way to express that creatively. Yes. Or constructively, I should say, in yes. Life. And, and the thing is, is, if you're not doing that, she will make you do it in a destructive manner. Yep. So, if you're not ready to reach down... I, I use this analogy with, with the Morgan all the time. If you're not ready to take a step back, look at your life, look at all the people who are actually your enemies and you are not willing to pick up a sword and a shield and lop off some fucking heads and add it to the acorn patch you're not ready to work with the Morrigan and the same can be said of Lilith if you're not ready to go into those deep dark recesses of your self, of your soul of your mind, of your spirit, of your practice and remember dark is not bad but where you will potentially face some of your internal demons probably don't want to work with her and taking taking the 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 bulldozer approach when you can't even handle any form of criticism from your peers probably not the best route
1: i I just want to be very clear we're we're not advocating that people go out and behead their enemies in the 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 name of the morrigan
0: no but what that analogy was was Sometimes there are people who you are perceiving as your friends mm-hmm. that that you're close to that for some reason you continue to keep around even though they've stabbed your back, thrown you under the bus. And if you're not willing to to end and sever that relationship permanently, you're not ready. Okay? And the same is to be said about Lilith. You know. Yeah. If if you are too prudish to accept that carnal nature of yourself, if you don't want to face those things about yourself, then probably don't go with that goddess. And the thing is, is that's okay. That's okay. They're not for everyone. You know, not all dark goddesses are like Hecate, who kind of sit there and go, are you going to do the things? No? Okay, well, I'm going to be over here and when you're ready, you know, and sometimes she, she, she gets fed up too and she'll She'll boot you in the butt just like everyone else. But if you're not ready and you can't, again, if you can't handle criticism from humans, what makes you think you're going to be able to handle criticism from a fucking spirit? True enough. Because they're not—they're not, they're not going to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, when when people come in and they talk like this, I don't I, know if they—I don't know if they can hear you. They can. It's getting Yes, like, they're very—they're very
1: timid. You're very timid and, and mousy. Like the
0: Morgan. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to work with the Morgan. Oh, no, she'll help me find my voice. No, no, she won't. She'll look at you and go, what? I'm sorry, I can't hear you over all the battle cries.
1: You do have to kind of step into. That Going back to what I was talking about earlier. because Even is, with Lilith, judgment, you have to step into got, it. Yeah, you need to. One of, one of the best ways, I think, to really work with any deity is to do what you can in yourself to step into the... Repre- or to, to, to behave in a way to be representing in your identity and your behavior what you feel that deity represents. Yes. You know, if you are... Wanting to be more assertive, if you are wanting to be stronger, if you are wanting to be somebody who is like a kick ass, no one's going to take advantage of me, kind of a person. You, you, you know, you, you need to, you need to mm-hmm. become that. You need to actually do that before you mm-hmm. appeal to a goddess like the Morrigan, like Lilith, like Diana. Mm-hmm. Hecate, you need to, Hecate. You need to to do that for yourself because mm-hmm. yes, you could approach those goddesses and they're going to be like you're not ready yet mm-hmm. you know and well, I, it and won't
0: I, it won't be you're not ready yet it'll be okay uh, we we i had a student like this who was thoroughly convinced that they were working with the Morgan, and they did and they showed up and she was working with that and that spirit that the morrigan fucked her life yeah wrecked it completely and she was like i don't get it why is she so cruel and i'm like She's a war goddess. What did you expect? Did you expect warm hugs and a mug of hot cocoa? And she wasn't comprehending it. Maybe after battle, yes. Um, so, so, he, and that goes that goes for any spirit. You know, if you are the type of person who doesn't shower, doesn't bathe, doesn't do your makeup, doesn't do your hair, doesn't do your nails, doesn't upkeep your, your, your appearance, doesn't brush your teeth, doesn't do any of that stuff, and you're like... I'm gonna work with Aphrodite. You need to check yourself because Aphrodite is gonna be like, okay, well, first we need a skincare regimen. Second, you need yeah. to shower. Your hair looks really, really bad. So you should probably <laughs> take care of that. And it stinks a little bit. When's the last time you wore deodorant? Oh my god, Aphrodite is the mean best friend. Well, she 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 is, but she's very much like, okay, you want to be a representat- re- representation of me? I can't have you going out there looking like this. Yes. I am the goddess of love, beauty, glamour, and death. Yeah. Like no 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 no, you need to lure people in with your beauty and your strikingness, and then you need to attack them. Yeah. It is true. Same same with spirits like Apollo. Apollo is art and music. If you if you're too afraid to sing or share that share that with people. A good idea. Yeah, or be creative, or be creative, yeah. and know? it's
1: not to say it's not to say that you can't look upon these kinds of deities for inspiration. No, of course right? not. But that would be very different than actually having a working relationship. Exactly.
0: Like that. yeah. That's the difference between honoring and venerating, yeah. and working and representing. Okay. And and that's what defines the difference between someone who worships and someone who's a priest or a priestess. Okay. Or a priest them. I think I think priests is just.
1: I, it's kind of priest priest X, yeah. Okay, I've noticed I like I'm it. noticing priest a lot X. of like, like X on the ends of things. Priest like X. Like
0: priest, priest X. I, I heard one of our mutuals uh, say, heathens, sheathens, and theyathens. Okay, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cute.
1: I'm I'm not about the heathen thing. Yeah, though. no, but yeah, but I like that <clears throat> idea. Okay. Well, we just want to be inclusive, right?
0: Guys, gals, and gender non-binary pals.
1: Uh, is it sh- she's gays and they's she's gays and they's yeah, because cis men are trash and we don't include them ever,
0: yeah. So, say it's Lilith,
1: yeah, yeah, they're there good you for go. one and thing. Theme of our relationship, well, most of the time, they're not even good for that.
0: That's true, <clears throat> anyway. That's okay. Um, so that's 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 what I needed to add, was you know. If you're not willing to step up and represent this 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 goddess or this spirit um, in flesh and in your life and how you approach things, you probably are not ready to work with that spirit because she won't draw near. And if you're not doing it and you, you think you're working with her, check again because you're probably working with a trickster. And again, cool, but not the same thing.
1: Oh, and one other thing I want to say about Lilith. Okay. And I I forgot to mention this earlier when I was talking about Lilith as a representation of the shadow of divine feminine. I've noticed, and I see this happening a lot within the left-hand path community, and people who like to work with, again, infernals and goetic practices and these kinds of things. But I've noticed, and it's almost always the men, even gay and queer men who do this, Gay guys and male identifying members of the LGBTQ plus spectrum, y'all need to look at your misogyny too. The fact that you're gay, the fact that you're queer, the fact that you're bi, whatever, whatever you may be identifying as, does not mean that you also cannot be a woman hater. True. So y'all need to check your your own misogyny, okay? The cis-het dudes get a lot of shit from us because... They don't treat women very well. Women and femme identifying people very well. Um, but, you know, But I know a lot of gay dudes out there who are also really nasty to women. And it needs to stop. Grow the fuck up. Um, anyway, but getting back to Lilith. Um, I've noticed a lot of people within those particular facets of the occult community, and again, most of them men, who use Lilith. And I've had interactions with them where they do that. Like, I'm going to use her to help me do this spell. I'm going to use Lilith for this right? I'm going to be, you know, and in a lot of those situations, I sometimes have to, like, check them. Like, well, you, by use, you mean, like, you're going to evoke her and include her in this, right? And most of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, you know, it's it's just, you know, through the the conversation, you know, they kind of slip into that, the word use, right? Mm-hmm. But there have been a few interactions I've had with people where they're, like, legitimately, like, I'm going to use her. And I'm just going to say right now, you never use a shadow goddess. Ever. Particularly a goddess like Lilith. If you want to talk about a spirit and intelligence that is all about never being used, it's fucking Lilith. And if you approach her in that way... She is going to fuck you
0: over. She will destroy you. She will get you.
1: She will get you really good.
0: And that's okay with Um, me. So
1: remember that. You do not use your deities. And focusing on Lilith specifically, do not ever, do not ever presume to use her. She will use you is what she'll do. Yeah, and have, have fun doing it and then leave you crying somewhere. Um all right. Okay. Now I think I'm done talking about Lilith, um, and I think we are at an
0: episode. Yeah. Unless you have anything you want to add. No, I think we're. I think we're good. Just you know, and, and in no way do we want this to sound like, oh, be careful when you're working with goddesses. You should be careful when you're doing anything. You know, cautious, not careful. I guess would be a better thing. Uh, make make sure that you have your knowledge and your basis down, and and understand that even the darkest goddesses usually have some sense of humor. It might just be a dark sense of humor. (laughs) And, um, you know, if there's any doubt in your mind on whether or not you should approach these spirits or this goddess in particular, that should be your sign of like, you probably shouldn't. Or it could be a challenge of, yes, do it. Let me have fun. Let us have fun together. And if you're ready for that and you feel that you can handle it, cool. But most of the time these spirits are very good at respecting boundaries as well most of the time
1: most of the time
0: yes but once you've made that dedicatory vow and you're like nope i'm done i'm out they're like "Mm -mm -mm, no 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 there was a contract here thank you Mm -hmm. and there shall be fulfillment in whatever way that means um so if you're looking on for more information on how to actually like do deity work Um, There is actually a new book out by Stephanie Woodfield called The Dedicant Devotee and Priest, um, or Dedicant Devotee Priest, It's just how it is. It's actually really good. Um, It's very generalized on how to make sure that you're approaching things appropriately. Mm -hmm. So if that's something you want to do and look into, it's great. Um, I don't know, do you have any good reading resources for Lilith?
1: I don't, because most of what's been written around Lilith in recent years is going to be, again, the work of, of... like I said, the ugh, most of what you're going to find out there around, people, around Lilith these days is going to be written by people like EA Coetting. Gross. And I know I know there will probably be people listening to this podcast. What if EA
0: Coetting loves our
1: podcast? EA, if you're listening, I just want to say, when you first started, you really seemed to know your shit, but you obviously went off your meds somewhere along the path, because good God.
0: EA, I, if you're listening, I want you to know that... Um, I've worked with several of your students, and they've gotten more in two weeks from me than they ever have from you. Oh, God, okay, this and, isn't a
1: pissing contest, for God's sake, dude. And you me. should
0: really <laughs> check your sources and be careful what spirits you're okay, working with. Okay, okay,
1: getting back to what I was saying and answering your initial question, because this is not a pissing contest, and I'm, we're not trying to shit on EA Coetting here, okay? Um, but I will say, authors like EA co who have claimed lineages and have claimed connections to things and have claimed knowledge oh, of things and are then later on found to be basically just channeling or, or writing from a perspective of just a lot of, of upg and instilling a lot of information um they cannot be trusted they cannot be trusted resources for information like this you know and even if they are legitimately connecting with something like lilith that that's their version of Lilith. You're you're probably really, to be honest, not getting a true Lilith or a true version of Lilith. So no, I can't make book recommendations. Um, you know, and unless you want to get, you know, work on on developing your, your understanding or, or invest a lot of money in translations on these old religious texts, um, spiritual texts coming from the Mesopotamian area of the world, I you know I I don't really know where you're going to find other reliable sources lilith pops up a lot in pop culture and i'm gonna just again say right now that the majority of the representation of lilith in pop culture is again it's bullshit if you think lilith is uh oh god what was that show if you think lilith is the character portrayed on sabrina or the chilling adventures of Sabrina, sabrina yeah that's not lilith no 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 um or god what was the other show where lilith was on wasn't she on supernatural or something I'm trying to think of other pop cultural representations of Lilith. Didn't Lilith? There wasn't there a character on Supernatural called Lilith? You watched that show? Yeah. I never watched Supernatural. I yes,
0: didn't. yes, there was. It was like like season two or season three okay. or something. Okay. And she was Lilith, Lilith. mother of monsters. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, and you know, but that none of that—that's that's all that's crap. That's garbage. It's it's pop culture. It's not. It's not. It's to me, it's very much like these people that base their worship of Greco-Roman deities off things like Lares Olympus. And I'm like, please don't do that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Please don't do that. You you could not be more incorrect, and you could not be being more disrespectful to those gods by doing that. So please just don't do that. Um, anyway, that's enough. Okay, I really am, I'm I'm done talking now. So let's let's uh, let's call it a night, and um, we will of course we will be back next week with a new episode.